0: Welcome to Walk in Truth. These are the Bible teachings of Pastor Michael Lanz, equipping you to reach out with God's truth to all people and how to apply that truth to today's issues, trends, and culture. Learn more about the program and our church when you visit walkintruth.com. Now here's the conclusion of Pastor Michael's teaching in Psalm 91 called Finding Peace in Troubled Times.
1: It's true that there's things that happen in, in this life and we all go through the battles of life, but we have great encouragement here. A thousand, verse 7, may fall at your side and 10,000, perhaps speaking of a myriad at your right hand, but it shall not approach you. Many say that the, this Psalm 91 is, great, uh, is best pictured in the Lord Jesus Christ. I'll let you chew on that. You will only look on with your eyes and see the recompense of the wicked. Listen to these words. This is Matthew 16, 26 and 27, and this is Jesus. And he said, for what will it a man be profited if he gains not a city block, not owns his own personal island or a corporate jet? If a, man, if a man gains the whole world if he owned it all, and forfeits his soul. What will a man give in exchange for his soul? Ray Comfort likes to ask people, would you give me $10 million for your eyes? And the majority of people say, absolutely not. My eyes are precious to me. If they're, I see the world through them. I wouldn't give you my eyes for $50 million or a billion dollars. Would you give me your soul? He follows it up for that price. And some people kind of laugh about Yeah, I give my soul, I sell my soul for that. But Jesus said, it wouldn't profit you if you gained the whole world and forfeited your soul, if you exchanged your soul for it all. For the Son of Man, this is verse 27, is going to come in the glory of his Father with his angels and will then recompense, reward every man according to his deeds. Jesus is coming again. Do you believe it? And he's going to recompense every man, every woman, according to their deeds. And here's the good news. If you're in Christ, your sins have been nailed to the cross. It is finished, paid in full. And you're going to be rewarded for the good things that you've done. Make sure you're in Christ. For you, verse 9, Psalm 91, have made the Lord my refuge, even the Most High, your dwelling place. You've got to decide to make him your Lord. He is Lord, but you have to ask him to be your Lord, to be your king, to follow his kingdom. No evil will befall you, nor will any plague come near you. You know, I think we can stand on this promise and say, look, God is sovereign. Nothing is going to come into my life, but that first goes through his sovereign love. So we need to qualify and say, if the Lord permits something to happen, of course, he's sovereign. We got to see the psalm in the horizon of the entire Bible. We know hard things happened to Job. Hard things happened to Joseph. Of course, that was all on God's plan. And Jesus Christ, God's own son, think of Job, Joseph, and Jesus. Jesus was crucified and he was totally innocent. See, we can take refuge in the psalm that I'm gonna be here as long as God wants me to be here. And if God permits something sovereignly into my life, then he did it for a reason and I'm still gonna trust him. Because some people wonder, well, are these promises categorical? Well, I think what we need to do is see them within the horizon of the entire New Testament and Old Testament. This is from Spurgeon, and Spurgeon was 20 years old when he first ministered in London. Writers of the time say that the plague or cholera seemed to plague London almost every year, and people would die, and it's kind of an intestinal disorder, and it was scary. And this is what Spurgeon says As we move into verses uh, 11 and 12, he says, Before expounding these verses, I cannot refrain from recording a personal incident illustrating their power to soothe the heart when they are applied by the Holy Spirit. In the year 1854, when I had scarcely been in London 12 months, he was about 20, the neighborhood in which I labored was visited by Asiatic cholera. My congregation suffered from its inroads. Family after family summoned me to the bedside of the smitten, and almost every day I was called to visit the grave. I gave myself with youthful ardor to the visitation of the sick and was sent from all corners of the district by persons of all ranks and religions. I became weary in body and sick at heart. My friends seemed falling one by one, and I felt or fancied that I was sickening like those around me. A little more work and weeping would have me laid "'Low among the rest. "'I felt that my burden was heavier than I could bear, "'and I was ready to sink under it. "'As God would have it, "'I was returning mournfully home from a funeral "'when my curiosity led me to read a paper "'that was up in a shoemaker's window in the Dover Road. "'It did not look like a trade announcement, "'nor was it, for it bore in a good, bold handwriting "'these words.' Because thou hast made the Lord, which is my refuge, even the Most High, thy habitation, there shall no evil befall thee, neither shall any plague come nigh thy dwelling. The effect upon my heart, says Spurgeon, was immediate. Faith appropriated the passage as her own. I felt secure, refreshed, girt with immortality. I went on with my visitation of the dying in a calm and peaceful spirit. I felt no fear of evil. I suffered no harm. The providence which moved the tradesman to place those verses in his window, I gratefully acknowledge. And in the remembrance of its marvelous power, I adore the Lord my God. Have you ever had that happen to you before? Just in the moment where you need that word, that word comes And on that promise, it's like another layer layer of God's armor has been placed upon you and over your soul and you can carry on and you can go forward in confidence. I will say to you, though, that Charles Spurgeon that I just quoted to you suffered from ill health for many years. He was tormented by gout, rheumatism, Bright's disease, a historical description of a range of kidney problems. And many of you know that Spurgeon suffered from despairing depression, and yet he carried on. He died at the age of 57, and he died of his last disease. But God sovereignly used those years that had been ordained for his life to preach the Word of God. When Spurgeon died at 57, he had uh, an impact like few people over history. When he died in Mentone in Switzerland, more than 100,000 people lined the streets for the passing of his funeral cordage. Every shop along the route closed his doors out of respect for him. There were three days of services in his metropolitan tabernacle. One eyewitness wrote these words It was a, it was a wonderful and never to be forgotten sight that passed through the London streets on Thursday, the 11th, February 19, 1892. Nothing was seen for miles but bare heads, closed blinds, and universal signs of grief and sorrow. It was indeed a memorable scene. What a lesson that Bible-decked coffin preached to its tens of thousands as it passed through their midst. All classes, all creeds, all parties joined in their voice of mourning. The orphan children sang their last hymn to their beloved father as they bore out uh, out of their sight, for, he bore out of their sight forever. He helped so many people, he helped orphans, he preached the word on the Tuesday, more than 60,000 people passed through the chapel where Spurgeon's coffin lay in state at the final service on Thursday. There was addresses by well-known uh, folks, but a sign of how widely Spurgeon was respected, the benediction was given by the Bishop of Rochester. Spurgeon was prone to depression throughout his life, but he did not fear death. He preached on dying often and spoke of the Christian's eternal hope. This is the last part. The best moment of a Christian's life is his last one, said Spurgeon, because it is the one that is nearest heaven. It is not a loss to die. It is a lasting perpetual gain. All the glories of midday are eclipsed by the marvels of sunset. And poignantly and aptly in his case, he who learns to die daily while he lives will find no difficulty to breathe out his laughs, breathe out his soul for, his last, for the last time. You see, folks, God is sovereign over our lives and He, our times are in his hands. And you're going to be safe and secure until he decides to take you home. And even when he takes you home, you're going to truly be under the shelter of his wings. Amen? So as a Christian, we don't have to fear. I know there's a lot of things to be uh, maybe frazzled about right now, but my prayer is that you'll find your peace and refuge in him. A few more verses. Verse 11. He will give his angels, notice plural, angels charge concerning you. Some of you say, because I need more than one angel, right? (laughs) I've heard about a guardian angel, but I need plural angels, man, to guard you in all your ways. They will bear you up in their hands, lest you strike your foot against a stone. Now I won't have you turn there. But I will tell you, and for many of you, you, you're already hearing this, that these verses were quoted in Matthew 4, and you can write down Luke 4, 5 through 7, by Satan to Jesus. In Jesus's temptation in the wilderness, as he went out and was tempted by the devil for 40 days, the angels were ministering to him, Mark 1:13 and 14. Satan quoted Psalm 91. <laughs> but here's what he said. He said, if you are since you're the son of God. Throw yourself off the pinnacle of the temple because it is written. He will give you his angels charge over you. Literally, you could put it this way. So you won't even stub your toe. Go ahead and jump off. And the implication is God's not being true to his promises. Maybe he's not being true to Psalm 91, Jesus. And this may be more evidence that Psalm 91 is a messianic psalm about the Messiah.
2: Throw yourself down.
1: You'll hear more
0: from Pastor Michael in a moment.
2: Hey, it's producer Rob Newton. On behalf of Pastor Michael and the entire Walk in Truth team, thank you so much for your financial gift over the holiday season to help Walk in Truth remain on this station and podcast app. Now, Pastor Michael would love to talk to you about our new goal to expand.
1: 96.9 KEPT-FM, East Bay Area in California, cities near and around San Francisco, San Jose, Palo Alto, and Pleasanton, we have an opportunity to be on that radio station daily during drive time and for a very low price, only $3,600 a year, that's $300 a month. And so if you're a long time listener to Walk in Truth, and if you've been blessed by the program, you believe in it, and you've been partnering or you want to do more, here is an opportunity to equip people in the northern California area with what you've been hearing on Walk in Truth.
2: We have a couple of weeks to raise the funds before the time slot is given to another program. Thanks to Kelly in Kansas City, we are $150 closer to reaching the $3600 goal. Can you give a one-time gift today? Can you be one of 23 to give $150 or one of 12 to now give $288?
1: You know, however the math works out, we're going to trust God with the results, but we would love to walk through this open door. Would you give today? and help us get on an additional radio station in the San Francisco area.
2: Please visit walkintruth.com today and click donate or call 844-48-TRUTH during normal business hours.
1: Hey, ahead of time, we just want to express our gratitude. Thanks for praying. Thanks for supporting and giving. We love you. We appreciate it. And we look forward to what God is going to do.
2: Visit walkintruth.com today and click donate or call 844-48-TRUTH. That's 844-48-TRUTH or visit walkintruth.com. We'd love to
0: see who's listening. So please connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. Just do a search for Walkin' Truth Show. Now, back to Pastor Michael Lance right here on Walkin' Truth.
1: And you're going to be safe and secure until he decides to take you home. And even when he takes you home, you're going to truly be under the shelter of his wings. Amen? So as a Christian, we don't have to fear. I know there's a lot of things to be... Uh, maybe frazzled about right now, but my prayer is that you'll find your peace and refuge in him. A few more verses. Verse 11. He will give his angels, notice plural angels charge concerning you. Some of you say, because I need more than one angel, right? (laughs) I've heard about a guardian angel, but I need plural angels, man, to guard you in all your ways. They will bear you up in their hands lest you strike your foot against a stone. And I won't have you turn there, But I will tell you, and for many of you, 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 you're already hearing this, that these verses were quoted in Matthew 4, and you can write down Luke 4, 5 through 7, by Satan to Jesus. In Jesus' temptation in the wilderness, as he went out and was tempted by the devil for 40 days, the angels were ministering to him, Mark 1, 13 and 14. Satan quoted Psalm 91. But here's what he said. He said, If you're, since you're the Son of God, throw yourself off the pinnacle of the temple. Because it is written, He will give you His angels charge over you. Literally, you could put it this way so you won't even stub your toe. Go ahead and jump off. And the implication is, God's not being true to His promises. Maybe He's not being true to Psalm 91, Jesus. And this may be more evidence that Psalm 91 is a messianic psalm about the Messiah. Throw yourself down. Because, and then Satan quotes the Bible. Isn't Satan strategic? He can even quote the Bible. And maybe, maybe some of you are saying, yeah, but look at the world right now. And, and look at my own pain and, and sorrow. Maybe these promises aren't true. And Satan swoops in. But remember, Jesus responded. He said, Satan... You shall not put the Lord your God, remember, to the test. Jesus answered Satan's misapplication of Scripture, and maybe even a misquote. He left a part out. But he misapplied it. We don't test the Lord our God. Here's a big lesson, Bible students, Christian. Always take Scripture with Scripture so that you don't pull Scriptures out of context and end up testing the Lord. You see, we have precious and magnificent promises here but we also have to see them within taking scripture with scripture this is what exposition is all about it's taking scripture with scripture making sure that you take a bible verse with another bible verse and make sure you got it right so that you don't end up being like some of the brethren in our country who've handled snakes and said oh if the snake bites me nothing will happen to me end of mark 16 no you don't test the lord You don't do foolish things and then say, oh, Lord, get me out of it. There's a promise here about something like that. And Satan is strategic because he's coming to Jesus as if to say, you don't need to take the way of suffering. You don't need the cross. This is what we might call satanic exposition of the scriptures. We need to make sure we understand our Bibles, brethren. Because even in the last days, the Bible says that the Antichrist will come with false and lying signs and wonders. And if it were possible, he could even mislead the elect. Know your Bible. Test all things and hold fast to that which is true and good. Final verses. You will tread upon the lion and cobra. These are traditional uh, symbols of evil and danger. The young lion and the serpent you will trample down. Romans 16, 20 says, And the God of peace will soon crush Satan under your feet. And lastly, the last few verses are the voice of the Lord himself. So we've had the seasoned believer. Maybe these middle verses, 3 through 13, are encouragement to a younger believer to hang on, to seek shelter in the Lord. And these last few sweet verses are from God himself. As if God steps onto the stage to affirm what's been said. This is, you could say, divine frosting on the cake, if I could put it this way. He says, the Lord says, because, 14, he has loved me. ESV, he holds fast to me in love, therefore I will deliver him. I will set him securely on high to a place of safety because he has known my name. He will call upon me. And I will answer him. I will be with him, notice, in trouble. And I will rescue and honor him. Notice, it's because you love the Lord. The Lord works all things together for good to those who love him. Jesus says, the greatest commandment is to love the Lord your God. Our lives are to love him. And when we love him and we're in relationship with him, that's when these promises, we can say, are ours, no matter what may come our way. Jesus, uh, or I'm, I'm sorry, the psalmist says, call upon me, the voice of the Lord here. Jeremiah 33.3 3 says, call upon me, and I will answer you and show you great and mighty things that you do not know. A practical application is, 1 John says, if we say that we love God, then we should love our neighbor. And so our love will be borne out, of course, in our actions. Final verse, 16. With a long life, I will satisfy him. In the Lord, you'll find contentment, true satisfaction. And let him behold my salvation. You know, there's this idea in this psalm that we're going to see God in the judgment day, maybe see what happens to those who don't know him, but we're also going to behold his salvation. The word for salvation at the end of this psalm is interesting. It's the word Yeshua. It's the name Jesus. And one day we're going to see Jesus face to face. And right now we haven't seen him, but we love him. Simeon, when he got to hold Jesus, remember in Luke 2, in the temple, he says, now I can die in peace, for my eyes have seen, I beheld thy salvation. When the folks in the New Testament heard Jesus preach and saw him, they beheld God's salvation, Yeshua. And this promise of long life is a promise that was given to Old Testament saints for obedience to the law. And I don't know how long each of us are going to live. That's in God's sovereign hands. But I know we can live well. We can spend our days living for what really matters. Psalm 23, verse 6 says, Surely goodness and loving kindness will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. We're going to be there forever. God has been really good to us. A final quote from Spurgeon. With long life I will satisfy him. The man described in this psalm fills out the measure of his days, whether he dies young or old, he is quite satisfied with life. Can't help but think of Jim Elliot. And is content to leave it. He shall rise from life's banquet as a man who has had enough and would not have more even if he could. And show him my salvation. The full sight of divine grace shall be his closing vision. He shall look from Amana and Lebanon, not with destruction before him black as night, but with salvation bright as noonday. Smiling upon him, he shall enter into his rest. Underneath us are the everlasting arms, and one day we're gonna be at his feet. I don't know if I'm gonna dance. I don't know if I'll be able to even say anything, but I'm going to see my salvation, my Jesus, my Jesus, my Savior. There's none like you. You've been listening to Finding Peace
0: in Troubled Times, part three on Walk in Truth. And that was the conclusion of Pastor Michael's teaching in Psalm 91. Remember, if you missed any part of today's program, you can listen to Walk in Truth on the Living Truth app or wherever you get your podcasts. And please follow Walk in Truth on social media. Walk in Truth is on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Follow us at Walk in Truth Show. Now, here's Pastor
1: Michael. Well, the bottom line on Psalm 91 is where do you find peace? And you know, peace is really, it's not a place. It's not even necessarily a state of mind. Peace is in a person. His name is Jesus. He is our peace. And I pray that you know the Prince of Peace, and that you know the shelter that that brings to your life and your heart, and that Psalm 91 would be a regular reflection for all of us so that we have that medicinal work of the Holy Spirit in our lives through the Word of God. Well, whether you've been listening for years or listening for months or even days, uh, we have a wonderful special opportunity. We've been telling you that we've been praying about new uh, radio stations that we can be on. We have an opportunity to add a radio station to the reach of Walk in Truth. It's actually up in the San Francisco Bay Area, reaching cities like San Jose, Palo Alto, and Pleasanton. Now, we have an open door to be on drive time in the afternoons, and it's a really low price, uh, comparatively speaking, of only $300 a month or $3,600 a year. Now, a one-time gift would get us a year of broadcasting on the station at $3,600. We could get 12 people to give $300 one-time gifts or 24 people at $150 or whatever the combination. Hey, if you'd like to help us get on this radio station, the way you can do it is just to simply give to walkintruth.com, and you might make a note that you're giving towards this new opportunity, and if you have any questions about how you can help Call 844-48-TRUTH during normal business hours. That's 844-48-TRUTH. Hey, ahead of time, we just want to express our gratitude. Thanks for praying. Thanks for supporting and giving. We love you. We appreciate it. And we look forward to what God is going to do.
0: And join us tomorrow for a message in Psalm 100 by Pastor Michael's son, Pastor Shane Lance, called Sing of His Love Forever. I'm Mike Massaro. Thanks for listening to Walk in Truth. Our goal is to equip you to reach out with God's truth to all people.